Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, Shannon, and welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cruz, with my co-host here, Shannon St. Pierre. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone, and thank you for checking us out. We're actually trying kind of a new format here for the new year. Um, we're doing the Facebook Live video. We're trying a new different kind of microphone. We're going to see what Joey, our producer, has to say about all that. Part of the benefit of the reason we wanted to try going live is because we wanted to see if people would submit questions while we were doing the Facebook Live, and hopefully we can just try to answer your questions. So maybe Shannon will pull up her phone and she can kind of watch the video. <laughs> Second error already. We're two minutes in. Shannon, pull up your phone. Yeah, so that way you can see if people make any comments or anything like that. And you can see right now Heather Albright's watching. All right. Hey, Heather. But one of the couple things we're going to uh, cover today, or we're going to go over some of the new trends uh, and trends to do, trends not to do in the real estate market, primarily with like your kitchen, right? Yeah, so totally stay tuned to this one because I think that these are the trends to avoid in 2020 and we are doing them right now. Yeah. In the newest of newest rehabs, and as well as some of this advice we're giving to clients. So um, we're going to have to kind of talk about it. Love that. And we're also going to do a property spotlight at the end of the show that's going to be uh, about, actually, I think we're going to try to do a property spotlight every podcast. And this time I'm going to go over a couple uh, investment properties for the people that are looking for uh, some cash flow in the new year. Right. Yeah, so I'm uh, excited to hear about those because uh, I know of, of them, but I haven't heard the details. So. Well, maybe you'll buy them. Maybe I shouldn't even Yeah, they sound really good enough that I, I'm really interested and I might buy them. Okay, cool. So I always like to try to give a quick Herman London update for anybody who's interested. Um, it's been an amazing couple months, actually. We've had more than a handful of new agents, new to Herman London agents join us. Um, I don't think we've had any brand new agents join but I can think of five, at least five people that have joined the company. We're super excited to have them. One of them's coming back. We're glad to have him back. And uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. And um, we're the main thing that's keeping my focus right now in the last week or two has been our big business planning event. We do this once a year, and it takes a ton of time to prepare because I really have a lot of interest in making sure that it's a great day. So we ask our agents to come and basically spend a full day with us. Um, today, this year, we're going to talk a lot about finding your core purpose and, of course, setting goals. Um, it's just a really good time for the agents to come and get their plans straight for the upcoming year and kind of get their head uh, pointed in the right direction. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. It, it is. I think that everyone should do that at the beginning of 20, or any beginning of any year. It's just kind of assess and... Where am I at? Refocus. Where are my goals? Yeah. I was just on a vacation and I was talking to my dad about like his bucket list. And, you know, we started talking about our bucket lists and it was, it sort of changed my whole perspective for a few days, at least on like what my, what my priorities were and what I wanted to do. And it, it was Oh, king of bucket lists is watching Nick Albright. Like, yeah. Is he? Yeah. All wow. right. Him and Heather. I love it. So do you want to share? Well, on my bu- sure, I'll share one item from my bucket list, is I really want to do fire walking. Have you heard of that? Oh, you've got to be kidding. So you yeah. walk on fire? Yeah, you like, they so put why? down coals. So why? What brought that to Because it's scary, and I'm afraid of I it. I can think and... of a lot of other scary things where you won't catch on fire. Well, I've heard of people doing it, and they said it was like this amazing experience, and they didn't catch on fire. And I just think it's one of those things where even the moment right before you do it, you're going, no, no, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. You know, but they they put down coals on the ground and everyone's chanting. I, I imagine everyone to be going, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. And then you do it and then it's just like, oh, I feel so amazing. I can't believe I did that. All right. Yeah, so where do they have that experience here in St. Louis? Where? Uh, funny, hmm. you should ask that. Um, they don't. And I looked into it. I mean, anybody could like light some charcoals on fire or whatever. Yeah, and I can uh, on the ground and do, do something it. in but my backyard. I think you have to have... 
like the whole before, like the preparing yourself mentally and someone who kind of revs you the up. The meditation prior. Yeah, I looked into it actually for a company business planning event. <laughs> I really did. And it's like... That's the reason you know no one does it in St. Louis. That's how I know no one does it in St. Louis. All There's right. a company out of Florida that does it and they wanted like something like 20 grand. And I was like, well, maybe I'll go to one sometime. You know, because yeah. it's not everyone's goal. It's my goal. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. That's Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, few people's goals. But I, I know people do it. I've heard it's a, a um, you know, crazy experience, an enlightening experience, a transformal experience. So All those things. More power to you, Adam. Yeah, do you have a bucket list item you'd like to share at this current time? No, like, I just gave up on the whole, like, resolution thing. I just want to, you know, um, just... Focus on like being in the present, maybe some more meditation for the calming, being in the, you know. Um, so a girlfriend and I just did the um, goddess cards. It's kind of like tarot cards, but oh. for the goddess. And my whole focus was pretty much finding the beauty in the chaos is what I took from it. Oh, wow. There's so that. that's my focus for now. Okay. Finding beauty in chaos. And uh, do you do yoga? Mm, no, probably should. Again, yeah, one of the things. That's I, like the mindset thing and all that. Well, or meditation's mindset. Yoga is, you know, oh, what yeah. kind of yoga? There's a hot yoga. We're talking like. Yeah, we're talking about it all. Anyway, moving on from that, Shannon, you sent me a message just a couple of days ago. Something we wanted to talk about today because this this is gorgeous new listing right by where you live right yeah two blocks away i've always looked at this house i've always like wondered what it looks like inside right we yeah. all have those houses yeah. in our neighborhood even for us for, as real estate agents we drive by houses all the time we walk by them when we're walking our dogs and go oh my gosh that house is so beautiful I, I, you you know you dream about it this is one of those houses that's truly it's an older home but it is unique even for the area um, so it has a little bit of different design to it. It's mm -hmm. a little bit bigger. It's set back a little further than the rest of the houses. Um, to me, I fantasize that it's probably was built by someone who was wealthy or Great prominent. So, or, yeah, yeah so it really does have that feel, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I saw them, the, the sign it's com been coming soon for a while. It finally came live yesterday. And so. Well, we naturally a, we naturally look at it. We don't. We totally naturally look at it. So I looked at the listing, looked at the photos. I sent it to you to kind of look at too. You scan the photos. Yeah. The photos are really beautiful. They came out really great. It looks like an amazing home, and it doesn't look so bad. Yet the price point seems pretty right yeah, on. Yeah, yeah it, it seems right on for the area. Um, but after I got done with looking at the photos, I sometimes then go down to the comments. And the one thing that really bothered me about this listing was in the agent comments, so not the comments that the public can see, but the comments that only agents can see in the MLS, is not included in the sale. And I'm always like, oh, this is one of my pet peeves when it comes to selling a home. But this list was rather long, and it was the pool table, the sauna, which to me... So we'll see stuff like that. Or yeah, certain, that's... Yeah, um, chandeliers is a chandelier or whatever. Which, again, is still a pet peeve because change it out, and we'll kind of go through that. Yeah. But then additionally, so what was not included was this in the back... Out the back door, they have this kind of raised deck, and on it is this attached slide for the kids and like a little rock, mini, mini rock climbing wall, it's totally kid thing. And so it's, you have these elements that are really, truly built on and attached to this deck. And then, so those are not included. And then there's this kitchen in the basement, and it's pretty swanky for a basement kitchen. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So it has a Viking stove. It has like a, a really nice, large refrigerator. I mean, it's a full kitchen for the basement. Well, those items are not included. Yeah. The whole kitchen in the basement is not included. It pretty, I think the cabinets stay. Okay. But here was my pet peeve. And the reason I sent it to you is I think that that's really wrong. I think this um, borders on false advertising. And as a broker, you might have something to say back to that. But so you have these photos and of all these items that are not included in the sale. You specifically have a photo in there of the sauna. I mean, because you're yeah. not taking a picture of the room. They, the only thing in that photo is the sauna. That's interesting. It's, it's, 
you know, I could argue, oh, it's kind of like furniture. That's not included. Yeah, in the right? sauna, I'm like, mm, that's a kind of a 50-50 thing. Property yeah, anyway. so I, I'm like, okay with that. And then they have the antique pool table. They said it's not included. Okay, we never assume. We never assume the pool table is or furniture. And the sauna, it, I do kind of go, well, well, we'll see if they're willing to leave it or sell it, or it probably doesn't stay because it's just simply something you unplug and move on, just like a lamp. Right. It's larger, of course, but but unlike the kitchen in the basement, I think that if you were really, if you're really wanting to take those things with you, like the Viking stove and your deluxe refrigerator and whatever else is not included in the sale, like take those out, put them in storage and replace it with the cheapest thing from Lowe's. I don't even care, but present what's going to be for sale because I can't, this is a whole new level of, because when there's, we come against occasionally chandeliers is a really, uh, it's a common thing where people say those are, it's not included in the sale. My personal advice to sellers is if it's not included and it's normally anticipated that it is included in a sale, remove it. Go ahead, take it down, pack it away and put something else up because now you say that's not included. That chandelier over there is not included. Well, then what, are you just going to take it out? Now we have yeah. these wires hanging out? Now when oh, we make no. our offer, we have to kind of argue about what it's going to be and where so, you're going to buy it from and which ones, are, and who's going to install it and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so now you've created the, these whole new roadblocks. When um, So not only are we trying to negotiate a sale of the house, but now we have to figure out what's going to happen with that chandelier. So that chandelier alone is always trouble-causing. Like, it just makes... It muddies the waters. Now we've taken it to a whole new level where you have this kitchen that's not even included. When kitchens are always included, it's even pre-marked in the contract. Yeah. Are you sure that they're not including the cabinets? Or that they are including the cabinets, I mean? Uh, I didn't see the cabinets. Maybe. Because, I mean, so what, what I would say, like, I can wear my broker hat and say what they're doing is legal. It's fine. When we write the offer, we have to put in the... You know, paragraph two, the item's not included. We have to say kitchen and basement or stove, right? right? The refrigerator we don't need to mention because it's naturally not included. But mm -hmm. if they want to keep their cabinets or their countertops, then we definitely need to write that into the contract that they, you know, that they're not included. Yeah, but it says in the contract the stoves are always included. Yeah, that's what So I'm now saying. we have to write this exclusion. We need to exclude the stove. But yeah, and maybe the countertops or whatever if, that's, if they're taking those. But I think that that's a really wild experience for a buyer to walk through a home and be like, oh, um, I know this is what you're looking at and they're always included, but this is not included in this case and scenario. It's really interesting, too. Like you said, it's in the agent remarks instead of the public-facing marketing remarks. Mm -hmm. And so the, the person who's looking at this home online doesn't know that until later on or their agent has to tell them or they probably have like a little card. You go down to the basement, there's this, oh, I love the kitchen. What's that card say? Kitchen's not included. So. Right, but that's what part of the draw too, because this basement is, um, especially in the day uh, where a Airbnb is very popular, uh -huh. people are going, "Oh, well, this house could potentially house an Airbnb unit in the basement because it has a full kitchen." It, right. You know, um, so and now you walk into this house and it's completely different from what you were expecting when you walked through the doors. You want to say some more about it? No, I mean, like, I mean, so what would be your advice? Do you? Do you My, to sellers? Well, I agree with what you're saying on if you don't want, if you're planning on taking something like that with you, I love the idea of taking it out, you know, because A, we don't want to discourage a buyer. B, there's the whole, you know, I like to say we like to solve a problem before it happens. Mm -hmm. And so there is this whole debate and I've had to get in involved in it with like a, I remember a time where there was a mirror in a bathroom Yes. and the sellers wanted to take the mirror and we're going, but what? There was a mirror. What mirror are you going to, you know, it was bolted in. It's real property, whatever, So or screwed in. So what mirror are you going to give us? I, we don't want a cheap mirror. We don't want, so now I'm with this other agent going back and forth, sending links from mirrors on target.com or whatever, sharing with our clients. I'm like, this could have been all avoided, to your point, if they would have just changed out the mirror in the first place. And said, here's what you get. Here's what you get. Yes. Here's the, oh, I mean, there's the mirror. That's what you get. There's. I didn't even need to know that you had some other fancy mirror boxed away in your basement. Right, right. You know? right. So, yes, if you don't want it to be included in the sale when it's normally included, please do us all a favor. Do yourself a favor. And it's really interesting in this case, why did they, 
why why is it not included? You got to kind of wonder. And if I give you full price, I can't have the kitchen. I can't have this stuff. Like, is it not even they negotiable? Are, it's way too many questions. How about right? It is negotiable. negotiable. It, it is, is negotiable. Everything is. But do they say that? Mm-hmm. It, um, not included, but negotiable. But negotiable. Negotiable. Okay. So is the furnace, right? So is the roof. It's not. Well, it's not included. Speaking of that. Um, I want to talk a little about home building because I'm dealing with some, we actually, we're all, a lot of us right now are dealing with people who are buying new construction homes and just something came up for me where, uh, I want to encourage anyone listening who's going to use a realtor to build a home, you know, the, when, when and where does the realtor get involved and how long do they stay involved, right? Because the realtor wants to be involved from the very beginning when you go and walk to the builder's office for the first time because the builder likes to know that that first time that you have an agent and so they want your agent to be there or at least for you to register the agent but then we get involved we look at the home we negotiate with this builder ultimately we write the contract and that's great and the and the realtor often doesn't exactly know what to do from that point like what purpose do I serve now or what's my role now other than just kind of keeping the deal together because what's going on behind the scenes is that the buyer is meeting with the builder, with their flooring people, their lighting people, their whatever people, and you know the realtors like, I'm not, am I going to go to the flooring studio with them and stand there while they argue, you know, about what's flooring to get? It's awkward. It's a waste of time. I'm not sure. So often the realtor doesn't get involved and in helping to choose the light fixtures beyond that original meeting that you have with the builder, where you kind of choose all your um, I don't know. Fixtures and finishes. Your fixtures and finishes and what upgrades you're going to have and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, and every home builder is different, so the process is always a little bit different. But what I'm what I'm wanting to say to you as you're watching this is that make sure that your realtor is involved, maybe not in the process of should I get the brown cabinets or the black cabinets, but I encourage you to have them review or communicate with you about anything before you sign it. Because that's what I'm dealing with now is where my clients signed something and the now where it's it wasn't very it wasn't written very clear, so my clients felt ah, this is exactly what we we're agreeing to. And the builder, uh, their rep, thought, okay, this is exactly what we're agreeing to, but it's not the same thing. And yeah. so now we're having to debate what did this document mean? What does this sentence mean? It left room for interpretation. And, and left room for interpretation. And so a realtor, some you know, someone like us can help you kind of figure out those details. And I like to kind of, unfortunately, I like to sort of think of us as the devil's advocate in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, as a broker especially, a lot of people are like, hey, this is what I want to say for, you know, on our offer or on our contract or on our inspection negotiation. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because does that, you know, what's the worst case scenario and how could someone interpret it? And it's nice to really write stuff in a way that there's no room for interpretation. Right. So I do think that building, having, going through that process is overwhelming for one, the buyers. Mm -hmm. Because they're building a home or, you know, they're having to make all these choices. It gets overwhelming. And I don't think, I think they just kind of go, yeah, okay, that, and so they go down this path of thinking that that's what they meant. And that's not what the builder was proposing. Yeah. And it, you know, and it happens often, more often than I'd like to hear about. It can be intimidating. The builder knows the process, right? They've done this a million times. Mm -hmm. But the buyer doesn't always know exactly what the next steps are. And so you're just agreeing to a lot of things. And a lot of times it's, oh, for my stair rails, I'm agreeing to the HC-72s and not the HC-71s. Okay, but where is – so the contract says HC-72s. But where does it say what that is? Is it the, you know, the wooden spindles or the metal spindles, right? Mm -hmm. And there's just so many details that go into it. It's nice to have an extra eye there. And that's, I think, just, again, part of the value that the realtor can have is helping you understand what you're getting yourself into and what you're signing. Not to mention, you know, having your realtor there to help you understand, like, is this worth the money based on, can, you know, the third car garage costs X amount more. Should I do it? I don't know. We don't really need to park something there. But from the realtor's perspective, we might know the trends in that area and say, absolutely, that's going to way help you be able to sell the house. Yeah, you know, and it's going to be road. cheaper for the builder to do it now versus you coming in yeah. behind, you know, at the 
Totally. There's a lot After of those kind you're of things. Done. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff where it's cheaper for the builder to do it now, and then there's a lot of stuff that's like, tell the builder you want the base level that, because then you can have a handyman come in and replace it, for example. Correct. So it goes both ways. And I'll see that a lot, like where people won't do the deck, but they'll do the deck door and then they put the board across it. Uh -huh. So they, so they're like, oh, I'll have the deck built after the fact, once we close on yeah. this home and you go away, Mr. Builder, and I can get it done cheaper. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes we'll come across that house eight years later. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still there, by the way. There is one that I know of that's 10 years later. Okay. Literally. And still have like the board, the board across, across the door. The door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um. The spring market. Spring market. So it's winter though, right? Oh yeah, that's the point. It's the spring market, but it's currently winter, but is it still the fall market? Ooh, or, well. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is the fall market is just going straight into the spring mar smart market where we haven't had this low, which we tend to, so a lot of people say we tend to do. I always think December's so busy. And I've December's heard you say really that. Place, I always yeah. hear you say that too. So I don't think that I don't know that I feel like a winter market's really slow. But I work a lot in the city too, mm -hmm. and we don't go by school time frames or something that a lot of the other municipalities do. Well, I posted an article on my Facebook the other day, you know, about how it's the spring market already, yeah, quote unquote. And that was your response: is like already? You mean still? Right, because it never really slowed down. It hasn't. And you think that it's kind of, kind of take like a winter break. The market. No, nope, never does. What do we mean when we're we're saying this? This it's the spring market. I think what I mean when I say that is that people are still listing properties every day. When you think even the weekend before Christmas. Yeah, when they used to kind of wait until the spring, right? The weekend after Super Bowl was the big time. Oh, that's right. But now we're listing properties the weekend before Christmas or or whatever. A couple of days. Yes. And um, and then properties are still getting multiple offers in this time, too, right? Yes, a couple of days before Christmas. I had that just this scenario this year. And yeah. it, it's very hectic, but it is. And then to add to that, a gift for the beginning of 2020, the interest rates dropped. The interest rates dropped again. So, or still, or whatever. They're like still. Well, I think low. they crept back up, and then now they dropped and it was unexpected i believe from what i'm reading or understanding it's unexpected so i think it's so all things good right the market's still good, good. I, I don't know i'm i'm sort of like scared but yeah so it's like good but i'm like is it too good to be true i don't know i don't know we that yeah. does remain to be seen but uh so let's talk about some of the trends for 2020 to avoid as it. you are trying to prepare your house um, to sell or you're just updating it, a couple of things to keep in mind. This Lay one, it on me. All right. So this came from um, four realtors across the country. So, okay. kind of, you know, every region is going to be a little bit different and always vary. But the first trend, which I totally agree with, is out granite countertops. And I'm so excited about that. Granite I'm, countertops are out. They're out. So are we going to go to solid surface, other types of solid yes. surface, so or what's coming in? Yes, but I've never liked granite. I've never been a personal fan. I always think it's too busy because usually you'll see the cheaper granite. In I love mentioning that the first time I bought granite for a house that I was living in, it's exciting. You pick it out, you go, and I put my credit card in the machine, and I take it out, and then they go, okay, so a couple things. How to maintain your granite. Don't put citrus on it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. huh? Yeah. What? I thought I was buying this because it's like this impenetrable whatever yeah. thing. No, no, no. Mm -mm. it's like sensitive. It's a sensitive countertop. It is. But I think what's interesting now that you say that, because what is in is we're seeing more marble, which is super temperamental, mm -hmm. like rings all the time. Like that, I think that I'm not a big, I love the look of marble. I love it, love it, love it, but it's not real life. Is marble always that kind of like white with sort of like some sort gray. of gray swirls yeah, in gray, it? Yeah, gray, sometimes with a hint of green. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and you never table, have a red marble. I don't know. You probably could. There are probably some exotic marbles. But the ones we I feel typically like the, see is kind of, if you see a white. Oh, yeah, I think you can have some there. pinks in there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, I do have a, ca a table. Our table at home is uh, marble. And it's always forever has rings on it from glasses. It's just, it's. Probably is marble not. more expensive or less expensive? Oh, it's more granite. expensive. More expensive. Oh, it's more expensive. So we're stepping up our game. Everyone's got granite. Well, we're going to marble. Except for, so now what's in, of course, is the quartz, quartzite, the solid countertops, but not granite. So I see those as not as busy, a little bit more subtle. Okay. Um, but also wood. 
Yeah, you were mentioning wood. Is mm -hmm. it is it butcher block wood? No, so now you have a lot of different options. So you have a butcher block, you have different um, um, species of wood, you could combine different species into one countertop, you could have um, different designs, you could have checkerboard, you could have zigzag, I saw, okay. um, or you can have the traditional, like, uh, horizontal, board, you know. Why wood, though? I mean, wood is, like, penetrable, right? You can get germs, it can crack, it can... And so you do, it is, I feel like, marble, high maintenance, so... Yeah, but so... I'm, you do have to oil it, or you... I'm not, a, I'm not, I mean, I probably wouldn't buy marble it. either for that reason. Yeah. But why wood, right? We installed wood here in our little kitchenette at the office, and within weeks, it kind of had stains on it already. And right, whatever. so you have to, once a month... Oh, okay. Once, Once a month, month it's a mineral oil. List. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so go ahead and add that to the cleaners list <laughs> of that, you know, uh, do a little mineral, mineral oil. Mineral oil. Okay. Yes. So wood is really for that person who loves to polish or just kind of loves to do, um, like, to them, polishing something would be kind of like somebody else's yoga. Okay, but so is my wood, um, my my brown wood, right? We're not painting the wood. So my brown wood countertops now, are they going to be sitting on top of a brown cabinet? Well, we will go to there, that. All okay. right. So it, it you can stain them different colors. So any, everything from light to dark. Okay. okay. So not necessarily just Still brown. Still probably brown shapes or co I mean, brown colors. Yeah, of course, palette. wood stains are always in that. Brown to black. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, so number two out, which I feel like this is traditional wood grain cabinets. What do you mean when you say wood grain? Like where you can actually kind of see that it's wood? Well, so the first one that comes to mind is oak cabinets mm -hmm. or... Um, Those are out now. Okay. Is this, are we in 1996 <laughs> or... <laughs> what? No, Oak cabinets are out now. Yeah, I, I thought this one was really interesting and how this came up is... Because even one agent said, well, for me, that was never really in style, yeah. quote unquote. Um, but I guess any kind of wood cabinet. So we're going, we're moving into colored cabinets. We're moving uh, into black cabinets. Mm -hmm. We're moving into painted cabinets, even blue. white cabinets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the blue you'll see. But I think the wood cabinets, the traditional wood grain cabinets, have been going, we've been moving away from that for a long time. So I kind of was like, well, of course. That's not my recommendation It's to go buy wood cabinets, but maybe some, like white cabinets, the gray cabinets that you're seeing all the time in rehabs are, I guess, really more the trend. But what I feel like I see more for 2020 is the colored cabinets, okay. which I love. You, you need to make sure you do it right. And so sometimes they have different colored cabinets here than different color under the island. So two-tone is absolutely, I mean, even I have that, I have white kind of cabinets around the perimeter, and my island is black cabinets. Does that make it easier to go to, like, the Habitat Restore and just buy stuff? It's like, no, it doesn't have to match. It's all good. Well, it it needs to go together, but not necessarily, yeah, the matchy-matchy thing, maybe not necessarily. But I also think that it's breaking up, like, a monotone, like, so you can't, I think it can be also overwhelming to have all blue cabinets, right? Yeah. So if you have blue on the bottom, white on the top, it kind of breaks it up. It doesn't make the space so dark. Okay. And then what you were saying something about like cabinets not having fronts on them now or what, what other oh, trends so are there? Oh, so number cabinets? three, right? Open shelving. So this open shelving thing that we've been doing is not necessarily um, top cabinets, but the shelving, like the reclaimed wood look shelving uh -huh. that we're putting in rehabs or that you're seeing people kind of go to is, I thought this one was really interesting and super debatable because we, that's been a really big trend, I feel like just more recently. So now it's out. But some of the argument is how long does that open cabinetry really stay nice? So you can, you know, you might stack your, you might move into a home with open shelving on your, in your kitchen, but then, and buy some plates and some really nice glasses or something to put there, but then they get broke and then you just replace them with mismatched stuff. And right. then you have, guess what? Life comes along. You have a few kids and now it's nothing but sippy cups and yeah, is it you like know, just the bottom row cup. is open? Because I don't want to see your Fruit Loops, right? Right, these are or the upper cabinets. Butter. Yeah, where you see they just do reclaimed wood. I mean, and it's cabinets. the upper cabinets, but it's like, because now you've sort of seen like the stacked uppers too, right? And where maybe like the bottom row is 
bottom upper is open. Yeah, so I have seen that. So, or you see kind of mix where you have a couple upper cabinets and then just a few, like, some shelving to kind of keep the open air flow uh -huh. of a kitchen. But you kitchen. can keep the Fruit Loops in a closed one. Yeah, or in, in a pantry or something of the sort. I but mean, I yeah, have all I don't think do that. Yeah, like the Post and wherever else I go. It's right. Like, uh, those aren't. Uh, and from Herman way. London. I do. Uh huh. So I think that the a couple of realtors' points were: um, is this is this it's something to kind of think about because is it really truly a long term solution for when you're in that home? Because life changes, right? Life so we're not going to have we're now we have plastic plastic in a plastic world because we're we have kids, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not the China that we were starting off with when me and my yeah. husband, you know, we have our nice stack of plates that we got from our wedding. But that are I all like, chipped now, you know, to be, yeah. you know, so. I want to bring some, like, old, you know, you come over and you bring, like, a appetizer or whatever, you leave it there. I'm like, what, the, can I put it in the cabinet now? It doesn't look pretty anymore, you know? No, right, exactly. So, I think that it's an interesting, I think that one's more food for thought. Food for thought, all right. Yeah, when it comes to that. So, number four is, of course, closed off kitchens. But this has kind of been a trend. And that kind of feeds back into that number three, that open shelving. Because we're having more, we're opening kitchens up to the living areas because we're now going to, we've been moving towards open concept for a while, right? So a kitchen that's closed off. What it, if we were saying the trend to stop is closed off kitchens? Yeah, so because people are wanting open concept. But I feel like that that's been a thing for a while. So I don't know that it's just now, but this these are like the the absolute things. If you're redoing your space or you're doing a rehab, Closed off kitchens are a huge no-no, but I think we feel like I feel like we've known that for a so while. So when you go into the house, you're thinking about rehabbing it or thinking about buying it to live in. One of the first things you should be talking about is, can I get this wall down? Yeah. So opening up the kitchen to the living areas to make it more open yeah. concept. Which and if is, I do, where am I going to put all my open cabinets? Right. So then that feeds into that open shelving. Now here's something interesting too that I saw that is an actual trend coming in part two, but I have a feeling this is a different price point. So dirty kitchens. So I hadn't really actually heard of this. Stop dirty kitchens? No, dirty kitchens are a whole thing. And I so I would say the best way to describe them is a butler's pantry on steroids. So people are, um, as they're creating these open concept floor plans, kitchens are now becoming part of that open concept. So when you have guests over or parties or something of the sort, to have your kitchen be such a mess because they're no longer closed off from the main living areas um, to have it be like a mess this is that solution so we have you know we had butler's pantries at kind of one time where you throw all the dirty dishes and it might have a sink and a dishwasher oh. but now these dirty kitchens are literally going to small kitchens that are complete kitchens stove a refrigerator a mini refrigerator oh, okay. shelving um, oh, okay. prep space so that your caterer because I guess that's the thing it can come in and actually work in that space and you throw all the dirty dirty okay. dishes in that space so it can be a working it's a legit working kitchen for when you have parties and keep the um, the dirty or the I'm working space in this new saying, area. I didn't realize you're saying we now we need to have a separate kitchen that we're going to call. But our they dirty call, kitchen. yeah, they call them dirty kitchens. Okay, okay. So you're talking about an actual room. I thought you're just saying like put away your Fruit Loops, but you're saying like, no, like that new, room at your house. Yeah, I have a butler's pantry, which is truly you're make meant it into for a, a dirty kitchen. No, I don't have enough room for a dirty kitchen because I don't have enough room for a stove or necessarily a refrigerator because that refrigerator is usually occupied by. I need a beer. stove in there. I mean, yeah. if I'm having people over, yes. I can't warm the, so the cheese up on the main stove? Well, I guess you could, but this is that step up. The step up is these dirty kitchens are a step up from what a butler's pantry used to be, which is like mine, which is a dishwasher, a sink, some shelving, and a place to just throw stuff from a party and keep it out of the main kitchen, which is our house really is circled all around that main kitchen when we have people over. They should make a trend that's called get the heck out of the kitchen. When I come over to your house for a party, get the heck out of my kitchen. But it kitchen. doesn't matter how small your kitchen is. It's where people are and are. will be. It doesn't matter. Is that because the food is there? Can we get out of the kitchen? Kitchens are where the home, a heart is. Right. But now we have two kitchens. So everyone's going to go hang out in your dirty kitchen. No, that's the whole point is you hang out in the main kitchen and this dirty kitchen is kind of behind the walls. It's in its own room. For your caterer. Yeah. You know, so you can, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. I okay. read the caterer part and I was like, oh, 
Oh, okay. So the caterer now brings the, the appetizer out of the dirty kitchen into the main yeah, kitchen. Yeah, and it's a working space. Up. So it's a working space, dirty dishes and all that. And so the kitchen can stay I gotta move. presentable. I need a dirty kitchen. Clearly. Can we turn one of the bedrooms into a dirty kitchen? <laughs> we already have a dirty kitchen, but we need a, another dirty kitchen. Yeah. Well, then you need a clean kitchen now. <laughs> okay, that, that's an interesting one. And that I thought that was interesting. So okay, so number five on this list though is dark paint and wood. I'm like, so. And are, we, and are we still in the kitchen? Yeah, I think throughout the house though, because as your kitchen flows to the main living area, because now remember it's open, open. concept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now these are dark paint and wood. Well, I disagree because I think that there's a lot of. I think one of the main trends across the board is something bold, but it's not dark paint throughout. It's an accent wall. I mean, you know, like, like in the what? rehab I did, I like, I have a black accent wall. You do? What? In, in the, the bathroom. Cabinets? No, in the bathroom though. Okay, okay. But bold. So bold really? colors are in, but it's a, but it's not throughout. So you're not trying to create this really dark color from the kitchen to the main living area. You're trying to keep everything light. Well, the, your rehab was amazing, by the way. Awesome job. Thank you. I'm proud of it. Uh, proud of you when I went over there. But did that dark wall in that bathroom somehow make the bathroom feel bigger? Not bigger. It's just a, a luxurious Because you know how a lot of times in basements now, instead of putting drywall in the ceiling, they're leaving the ceiling open to the floor yes. joists, and they're painting it black because mm -hmm. it makes it feel, I guess, more open or taller mm -hmm. or whatever. That it didn't have that effect? No. No, no, not in this case. And I wouldn't say in a, you know, in a bathroom scenario. And I think it was a bold choice. Trust me. Like, it's a, it was a risk. Uh -huh. Right, like well, you had a that. lot of kind of black accent stuff throughout that house, right? Right, everything's black and gold. It's bold wow factors throughout. Everything's kind of this white palette with these bold white and gold. Okay. So yes, so but dark paint, I think, um, and dark wood. Although I still, you know, I think that if you have too much dark wood, it makes the whole space feel dark. When they're talking about wood, are they talking about this whole like reclaimed wood, barn wood type of thing? Yeah, so I think it, you also have to play into your space, and you have to figure out what's going to make it feel smaller and what's going to make it feel bigger. But I do think light co colors overall with that dark, reclaimed wood accent is gorgeous. Speaking of colors, mm -hmm. do you have any news there about just like general house colors? Um, it was khaki. Now it's gray. It's oh, I, th gray. I forget what the 2020 color is. It was, it was one of those colors I'm like, Orange. I think it was in the orange family. I'm like, oh, we're not going to... Uh, Brian, I'm not going to paint that kitchen orange anymore. One of my rental properties, he wants me to paint the orange kitchen. He wants me to get rid of the orange. We're in trend, no, baby. No, no. Get rid of it. Why is it orange? I guess the tenant painted it orange. What I don't color know. are the cabinets? I don't remember. Probably oak. <laughs> it's, but I just was over there yesterday. I'd never been in that particular unit before the kitchen's orange. He's like, you got to paint this thing white. Or a different color. Yeah, orange does not appeal to the masses. I, I think you it's just orange accents. Orange, is in trend. Uh, orange accents. So, so a lot of times it's accents. Not that you want to put that on your wall. Okay. So it doesn't but, work. But you know what? A lot of people they'll paint rehabbers. You'll see a lot of brand new construction on the MLS and online and whatnot. And it's the whole house now is gray. It's like. Well, no, my whole house was white on white. Your house was white on white. White. Well, paper white walls, white trim, and it's. You're yeah. saying that's in trend or coming in trend now. It's kind of been in trend. It's like, and I, it's a hard one because, you know, what's interesting is we've spent all this time trying to get away from white walls because uh -huh. it, it correlates to apartments. You know, you oh. always had white walls. Well, apartments don't really have that anymore. Now it's all gray or khaki or whatever. Mm -hmm. So this white, bright with bold accent, with bold colored accents. Okay. So the black colored accents against that white is striking so if i'm if i'm going to paint my kitchen today mm -hmm. based on your trends you're saying white walls with some sort of bold accent and that bold accent does that always mean dark or does bold mean like could be orange risky it could yeah. be orange so yeah so i think it depends on the space i think that you, you know what my mom would want you to do is choose the rug and then paint do you do you paint and then choose the rug. I think she chooses the rug and then paints. But I think that that might be risky because what happens when that rug gets dirty and the dog throws up on it too much and you've got to just get rid of it. You don't. That doesn't happen. Or you buy 
You buy a couple extras and you keep it in your dirty rug closet because now you need an extra closet. So now we just rugs. have more stuff. I'd say go with what you want and then find the rug that will. The new trend is buy the house next it. door and stuff stuff all <laughs> your stuff. <laughs> oh, the rug is dirty. Just get rid of it. We'll just get a new one. Yeah, we have three of them in the house next door oh, that we're okay. hoarding. Okay. Um, okay, so number six, DIY, backsplashes and cabinets. DIY? So you know how the we don't like the oak cabinets, but they're saying don't paint them yourself either. Like, Oh, we're getting rid of DIY. Yeah, do not do DIY backsplashes and cabinets. So two things kind of come to mind. So Because I, I think it's really funny when we walk into a house and we see those oak cabinets that stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, you can paint them. Yep, we go, oh, you could totally paint them. Mm-hmm. But apparently the curved portion of the door just gives it away. And you can always tell when somebody paints a cabinet. So I wouldn't disagree with that. So I, now I'm rethinking my advice. And it, I guess if you don't paint it well, though, either, and it's a sloppy job, it doesn't look good. And it's well, not any more attractive than it, the oak cabinet. Okay. I'm I'm kind of comparing this in my head to uh, wood paneling. You know, I, I'll go into one house with a client, and that has wood paneling. They go, "Hate it, God, I'm out of here." Wood paneling, not a chance. I'm leaving. Then we go to the next house, and it has painted wood paneling. Yes, like, I love it. It's a great house. That's fine. I'm like, That's wood paneling. Yep, you know it is. And so, but when they paint pr- it white, it's not so offensive. But from the same perspective, so why are we getting rid of people painting their oak cabinets? I still, I, this is the one I would say I slightly disagree with. Okay. We think it's, we would say, you know, if Our you have opinion some is, oak cabinets, you maybe still paint them. They're advi- well, the realtor's advice is, you know what, splurge for better, ca- splurge for cabinets, like new cabinets. Now, that's not always easy to do. However, I will say, you can go get some really nice white or gray cabinets that are made in America that are wood. Now, they don't, they're not soft clothes because they spent the money on the wood mm-hmm. and the actual manufacturing of the product and the product itself is good. Um, better, but you don't have the um, soft clothes that everybody's looking for. However, there is an aftermarket product you can buy on Amazon. It's a damper that you can install in the cabinet that makes them soft closed. Wow, and we have to have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have the soft clothes too for this luxurious lifestyle that we're living. Yes, maybe not in the dirty kitchens. Okay, so what about this backsplashes thing? People have been putting up their own backsplashes? Yeah, so I think what, the one thing I cringe when I walk through Home Depot, and I don't know if you do this, or Lowe's, I mean, any home improvement, Menards, like, I'm not, uh, is the whole peel and stick tile. The backsplash oh. peel and stick tile. Well, is that, do you peel it, stick it, and then you have to grout it? Some are, some don't. Oh. You just peel and stick, and you hope you kind of line it up right. Ugh, I don't know. It, but they all are very thin. I They never, I just don't think they look good. I have to say, from my experience of walking through these houses with buyers, something like poorly installed backsplash really turns the buyer off. It does. They go, that's poorly installed. Everything else was probably done wrong. Oh, then they categorize, right? So everything's bad. Everything's bad. And so now we're walking through the house going, look at that light switch. It's tilted. See, right? everything's bad. Look at that. Look at that mirror. It's probably broken or something. Like, yeah, right. So, so something that as major as uh, the kitchen and something poorly installed or not done well is going to affect the entire house. Where if the kitchen's done well, it affects the entire yeah. house. Like even if you have a crooked light switch or the light is slightly cracked or something of the sort, mm-hmm. you're gonna for, that's forgiving. Yeah, so I would say that a backsplash can make a huge improvement on the look of the kitchen. Yes. Right? It can really modernize the kitchen. But we're both agreeing that it better be done well. Yes. Don't go, oh, Adam said a backsplash really helps. So I'm going to go stick it up, you know. Peel right? and stick, peel and don't stick. Don't do it. I mean, don't do it. Is there anything wrong with peel and stick if it's done right? Ugh. I'm I cringe. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I just can't imagine. So get upgrade to the ones that you have to. Um, I've never seen one that yeah. I like either, though. Okay. Okay. So get a good backsplash. Call Shannon to right. help, help you. Go ahead and install that. Yeah, sure. Not to install it, just to help <laughs> you choose, and then get it installed professionally, and then your kitchen will look better. Especially if you're going to go sell the house soon, 
then also people will have a more positive impression about the rest of the property. Right. And I think the other thing about the cabinets, too, is that people want to go out and get the stock cabinetry, which, again, you can make modifications aftermarket that make them seem more expensive. But the mistake I see often is people will put in 30-inch cabinets. Uh-huh. Oh, they're still buying 30-inch cabinets because they're saving money or why? Mm -hmm. A lot, yes. You save a lot of money, but you're t you have these tall ceilings, and then the cabinets seem so dwarfed. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that looks just like a sore thumb. I uh, think it does not look good. Split, go just slightly more for the 42-inch cabinets. Yeah. I would like to say that I, whatever you know, cabinet color or whatever you're buying... I really do encourage wood, solid wood or mm -hmm. solid something because when you get the, I think it's mainly white ones that are kind of like, have this like plastic overlay or whatever on it. The laminate overlay? As soon as that gets wet, it kind of starts peeling off and... Oh, does it? Yeah, especially oh. I've noticed it like in rental properties where mm. you will, you know, the, the person wants to just buy the cheapest cabinets they can, so mm -hmm. then they put them in, but then they're getting wet. They're kind of around the kitchen sink area. And so now you end up replacing those more often. Well, I will say so. This, that remains true for painted cabinets as well. So even it, not like personally painted, but um, when you buy those white cabinets, those are all painted. No matter what it is, because they're real wood. It's still mm -hmm. wood. They're just factory painted. Or they're the, the laminate kind. One or the other, right? Yeah, or I think you have laminate, and or and now I think you might have metal from Ikea, too, which might be a better option, because the painted ones, the same thing happens. The paint starts to get wet, and after a while, it starts to chip off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so number seven, ornate anything. What does that mean? Ornate. Doilies? Is that a doily? Oh, God, please, yes. Yeah? Intricate handles, decorative wood, styled cabinets fronts so i think we're got like we've moved to that missionary just sleek line um yeah okay so sometimes like on the top of the cabinet there's like a little decorative thing that has like these little yeah knobs or whatever on it mm -hmm. take it off yeah and then cabinet pulls and open you know something very sleek clean lines so That's is that kind of like victor like victorian is out is that what that would be uh, victorian's pretty ornate yeah i would say victorian but if it's but then number eight is mismatched styles right so you can't have shabby chic here farmhouse modern over there you the whole house needs to flow no matter what you decide to do kind of make it all flow so don't have mismatched styles of course at the same time if it's all mismatched isn't that matched oh my gosh <laughs> But no. basically, like, when you go to redo your kitchen, you should think about the style that the rest of the house is. Yes. There was a listing um, that we had and in the, my neighborhood, and the, that house has always, always, always bothered me. I hated the front door. And I mean, like, it was mid-century modern. The house front, was or just the front no, door? No, the was? front door was, and yet the house is a 100-year-old city brick house. And that mid-century modern door bothered me so much how did you know it's mid-century modern is it the shape of the window it's the, the shape of the windows within the door mm -hmm. it's just way too modern for the house okay and it just set a wrong tone it didn't match so from the get-go looking at the house it didn't match hmm. and you walked in because it was recently for sale looked at the photos everything inside was mid um, modern mid-century mm -hmm. type furniture um, and to me, I was like, once you get into the house, because we've updated some these houses so much, like that would actually, that was fine once you got inside because it all flowed. But that door on the outside just did, just wrong tone. We got to start wrapping it up here. Actually, my battery's about to die, it looks like. We wanted to give the property spotlight real quick. Oh, tell me about your properties you have for sale that I might want. You might want these actually, and you might want them too. Um, we... Just, I just got the call yesterday, so I'm, you know, if you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. Bear with me here while I'm putting it all together. But this is a client we work with a lot. We're managing the property. It's two houses that are in Country Club Hills. Are you familiar with where that is? Is that by um, North no, County? Is that yeah, North is County? Yeah, Norwood Country Club. It's it's right across. It's on Jennings Station Road, I guess. Okay, There's a little so up by Jennings, yes, called yes, Jennings, yes. Uh, called Country Club Hills. It's interesting because it has. The mayor, the fire chief, the police chief, don't Are go they all, in all that, one? but it's all the same guy. Yeah. 
right? And so, but these properties, these two houses are $40,000 each. Both of them have been updated. Um, one of them is currently rented. She's been there about two years. I believe the rent is seven fifteen. So that's good. Those are good numbers, right? And then the other one is ready to be rented, or I think they're just kind of finalizing things with the mayor. How big is chief, it? Whatever. How big are they? Two bedroom? Um, they're, I should have known you're going to ask. I think they're three bed, two baths. Oh my but, gosh. But reach out and I'll, I'll give you all the details. Wow. And a cool thing But is, even at, if they were the traditional two or three bedroom, yeah. one bath, yeah. uh, ranch or they'll something. Rent really well. not, yeah. So they'll still rent and you're saying you're getting 700 and you're buying for 40? 715. Yeah. And I was doing the comps this morning and I saw ones that have sold in there for the highest one was 58,000. Right. So, 40 is low. You can buy it, have equity and cash flow, kind of the best of both worlds. Yikes. I might be interested. So for anybody listening or anybody watching, please, we'd love to hear your feedback, especially with this new format. We want to know how it went. It looks like we probably need to get our camera angle. <laughs> Sorry about that. Here, here, Adam, lean this way. Okay. No, this way. Oh, this now, way. Is it, now is it this way? Are we but better? We really appreciate it, and we'd love to hear from everybody. Um, let us know any future topics you want us to cover. And give us a call. I mean, give Shannon or I a call. For so where can they needs. find us? HermanLondon.com. HermanLondon.com. What's your phone number? Uh, 314-583-0070. Herman London, your number? Well, you can always call our office, 314-802-0797. But we are realtors, right? We do yes. want to help people buy and sell their properties. Yes. And um, Facebook? We're on, every, we're on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram. You can just Google. Or I'm in search Shannon St. Pierre or Herman London or Adam Cruz. So definitely, um, if you found any information in here helpful, um, give us a thumbs up and, yeah. and a positive oh, yeah. comment. Yeah, we're going to Yes, we really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Take care.